Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Deutsche Bank Chief Investment Office Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. I'm Sarah Stabler from Deutsche Bank Communications, and I'm here in Singapore speaking with the Private Bank's Global Chief Investment Strategist, Dirk Steffen, who's joining from Frankfurt. Welcome, Dirk. How are you? Thanks for joining today. I'm good, thank you, and um, thank you for having me. Pleasure, of course. And we're recording this just for the benefit of our listeners on a Friday for the week ahead, for the week beginning Monday, August 7. So, Dirk, despite the August summer, uh, we've seen plenty of macro developments in action uh, with the Fitch downgrading the US to the Bank of England hiking 25 bips. How is that setting us up for the week ahead? Yeah, it's um, really a busy week and it's it's a busy few weeks actually also before that. So um, there's no summer lull really and many things are happening. So uh, most of the central bank actions have been taken now 10 days ago, but they're still reverberating on the bond markets. And uh, this is because we, we got some important decisions that came in as expected related to the Fed and the ECB, but then actually the Bank of Japan had some something in store um, as uh, they actually uh, ch- made significant changes to their bond buying program. So everybody's now talking about that. And um, of course, we have the usual macro data. We, we can also discuss a little bit if you like. Yeah, of course. Before we get to that macro data, um, I'm I'm quite interested in the Bank of Japan's yield curve control. There's been quite a lot written about it. And unfortunately, I'm not a yield curve expert. Um, But I'd love you to sort of talk me through what that all means for the bond markets, particularly US treasuries, and and for what it means for our investors. Yeah, this is indeed a nerdy topic, right? So (laughs) I don't want to, to, to stop this podcast and then everybody thinks that I'm actually the yield curve control expert, right? So, (laughs) but it's, it's very important. So I had to, to take a deeper look at that one. And um, it's essentially uh, that the the Bank of Japan um, has, has controlled the level of yields. So um, it has been for a while now, uh, 0.5%. And what they did, they tweaked their their bond market control, if you want. So they introduced more flexibility and yields might, in theory, now go up to 1%. I mean, it's, it still uh, sounds like small, small numbers, but it's a big uh, change, I would say, in terms of shift towards something that's maybe more of a bond market mechanism rather than the intervention of the Bank of Japan. And this is so important because uh, the Japanese bond investors are so active on the global bond market. And um, just imagine if uh, Japanese investors uh, rediscover their home market and buy less uh, in the US, for instance, that might add additional pressure to the US Treasury market that is already um, a bit under pressure due to other reasons. Uh, For instance, the much better than expected US economy. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Speaking of the US economy, actually, we've got um, the data coming out on Thursday of US CPI, and also we've got consumer sentiment, which is an important one. So uh, what are sort of your expectations for for those two data drops? 
Yeah, I mean, inflation is getting less of a problem more recently. So I figure around 3% is, is expected here. Um, and that's really driving also market sentiment because the big problem of inflation uh, looks, um, it looks a bit like um, that this is almost behind us, which is uh, not true, of course, which I will tell you in a second. Uh, but that's at least the market view right now. So inflation is coming down. That's uh, due to base effects. So because prices, um, you know, for instance, in the commodity space uh, are lower than they have been uh, a year ago. So it's just uh, technicals really explaining that. Uh, but uh, we do. We all know that uh, the bigger or the harder uh, part of the job for the central bank uh, still lies ahead of us, uh, which is then to keep inflation at a level of two to two point five percent, maybe uh, for for the next few years. Uh, but yes, uh, that is helping, um, and consumer sentiment is uh, actually improving. And this is uh, due to factors that can be found in the still strong uh, income developments. We even had also productivity gains uh, recently. So it looks like um, as inflation is coming down, this is also a positive uh, factor for consumer sentiment. I mean, that's probably the non-nerdy part of this call. I mean, if mm -hmm. prices are moderating, it's probably leading you to some more shopping activity. Mm, for sure. I mean, it's interesting to, to see that in the US, but I mean, if we skip across to Europe, are you seeing a similar sort of improvement in consumer sentiment in, in Europe? Uh, I know that there's been some large uh, European companies reporting earnings um, and uh, including some of the prices that consumer companies. So uh, how is that feeding through into sentiment and, and the data that you're looking at in Europe? Yeah, I mean, Europe is uh, more complicated as as usual. I, mm -hmm. I have to say, so it's um, it's been a weak economy uh, for now. Um, we we still have a lot of strength in services. So uh, there's, uh, I mean, we're now talking and recording this uh, podcast mid August or early August. So it's it's really the holiday season. So that is going really well. So you have uh, countries like uh, Spain outperforming actually because uh, they have a lot of uh, tailwinds via tourism and shopping activity and so on, everything related. Mm. In Germany, it's uh, quite the opposite because we suffer from a still very weak picture in the manufacturing sector. And this is uh, something um, that is probably on at least the German minds, but also on the ECB's minds, because they have to manage, uh, you know, the whole Eurozone economy and what... Uh, economic activity does and prices will do so for them it's a complicated situation because they only have one instrument uh, to to steer a very heterogeneous economy these days so i don't know i'm uh, probably more on the optimistic side but um, there's still um, i think room for improvement on the consumption side in europe to put it mildly Mm. And in, I mean, I guess that's all related also to the labour market situation in Europe as well. Um, how is that looking in the employment stakes? Yeah, I mean, that's really the, the big positive on Europe. So we have record low unemployment rates. 
Uh, we have record high employment also, for instance, in Spain. So this is leading to a more purchasing power, um, most obviously. But uh, we also had this huge price, negative price effect, of course, just recently. So that's sort of holding back uh, this whole process. Um, but also in Europe, when prices come down a little bit more and we are a bit... Um, behind the, the US in this uh, cycle as usual. So that's maybe a bit further out. Uh, that might also then, then help and be a positive factor for European consumers. But um, as you briefly mentioned, also, I mean, the companies are, I think, delivering uh, quite nicely, which is maybe also something we, we might want to discuss here just very briefly. Mm, absolutely. I mean, feel free to, to make some comment on some of the corporate earnings. I mean, I just saw... Uh, some headlines. There was some uh, Lufthansa. There was Nestle, uh, and um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, um, just in the context of you know the environment we're we're in at the moment. Yeah, it's um, it's also looking back, right? Mm. So that's why we we shouldn't spend too much time on this one. But it has been helping that earnings came in better than expected, and that's true for uh, for the US and for for Europe. And um, it also um, reflects the fact that companies have been quite good at managing expectations down. So that's why um, it's quite a relief now to see that actually earnings come in quite strong. And uh, it also is telling us a lot about the corporate sector, which is adjusting um, to, to these difficult macro times. And that's probably also why the stock market itself is still uh, holding up quite well. Uh, looking forward, uh, we won't have that help anymore because, uh, for instance, in the US, the earnings season um, is almost done. Uh, so uh, we have more than 80% of the companies uh, having reported already. So that's why we are left probably the next few weeks with a more macro type of market uh, environment. And that could, could turn out to be, to be a bit tricky. Mm, sure. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, and this might be our final question about Goldilocks and um, or the the great moderation. I, I wondered if you'd like to sort of make some concluding remarks on, on that. Sure. Thank you for that question. I mean, this is a really um, a theme we have been presenting for quite some time now. So the end of great moderation is something we clearly saw last year with a huge sell off both on bonds, bond markets and stock markets driven by the inflation shock and uh, the rate shock and so on. Mm. So um, and then uh, most of the year 2023 was something we like to to call Goldilocks, where everything was performing nicely. You know, the economy was not too hot and not too cold, really. So um, that was just perfect. Um, but we do think that this um, um, the regimes might still be jumping around between great no end of great moderation and Goldilocks. So um, that's why we would be a bit cautious and, and be vigilant uh, that we don't get carried away by the last six months or so of, of very, very good, seven months actually, of very good uh, market performance. And we still focus on, on risk management uh, for that very reason. Absolutely. And I, I think Goldilocks is one of my daughter's favorite um, storybooks. Um, and let's hope the three bears don't come knocking too soon. 
Um, but on that note, I think um, that's been a great wrap. Are there any any last uh, remaining comments you'd like to leave our listeners with uh, before we we uh, wish them a continued happy summer? Uh, yeah, enjoy your holidays if you have them, Sam. So <laughs> I'll be around in the office working for you guys. So thank you for listening in. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dirk. Great to speak to you. Thank you to all our listeners. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2023, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.